0: Hello, everyone. Don Otto here at the Missouri Funeral Directors Association office wishing everyone a happy holiday season and a Merry Christmas to you all coming up uh, for our uh, December 10th, 2021 broadcast. A lot of you called in or sent messages asking, did they miss last week's last Friday's webcast? And no, you didn't because we didn't do one couple things were happening last week. We were having some technical issues here. The internet was not working very well. Uh, not only did that make it difficult for us to do any broadcasting. At the same time, I was trying to uh, stream and watch a memorial service uh, for someone, for an, another executive director of uh, myself that had passed away. Uh, Over Thanksgiving, and I was trying to take a look at the uh, at their memorial service stream and I was having trouble doing that we were having trouble doing this. And then a couple other uh, emergencies broke for funeral homes that needed to be addressed right away. So, no, we were not able to do a broadcast last Friday. I am sorry about that. Uh, Next Friday, again, this little housekeeping things. The office is closed next Thursday and Friday for Christmas. Uh, We always take off uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Of course, the Christmas Day is a Saturday, so we're off both Thursday and Friday, uh, along with most of the state. So uh, there won't be any, obviously, processing of uh, death certificates on those days. Uh, I will try to do a webcast on Wednesday of next week. To wish you all, give you one more happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year's wish for everyone. Uh, but that is the uh, that is the plan anyway, so look for that. Now, what are we going to talk about here today? Well, first off, i got a, a news item uh, this morning. There came out, if you haven't seen it yet, an Associated Press article on the situation with the Missouri State Board of Embalmers and Funeral Directors. That's not us. That's the regulatory board that many of you know uh was purged uh, a couple months ago with a number of people that were on the board taken off and a number of new people put on and there is an associated press article on that i've read the article and i have to say that the article in my opinion is heavily slanted to the anti-governor parsons side of the issue as those of you that have watched the broadcasts and see me out at meetings and at the convention and in our articles Uh, There are two sides to this story. Uh, There are points to be made on how the inspections should or should not be done on both sides of this issue. The article, however, is very much on the, in my opinion, the anti-Parsons, anti-Director Salone side of the issue. And uh, does not, I don't think, present both sides uh, completely because uh, it, one of the focuses, of course, was on the photographic inspection issue. And as you know, a lot of our funeral homes, for very good reason, were not happy with the photographic inspection. And those reasons that uh, the photographic inspections did not were not uh, popular, and why many of our funeral homes did not like that, having the inspector come in and just take pictures and bring them back to Jefferson City so they could blow them off the screen. Those reasons why people disliked the photographic inspections were not included in the AP article. However, one thing about the AP article that I have to say because I was interviewed for it, they quoted me accurately. So kudos to the reporter. Uh, I always like seeing that the reporter did quote me accurately because what I told the reporter was uh, after the state board, the old state board, talked in open meeting about suing the state of Missouri when a number of them had their terms expired. What I told the reporter is if you do that and you don't know what's about to happen, you haven't been around Jefferson City very long. And again, uh, she quoted me 100% accurately on that. Uh, So, uh, congratulations on that 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 part of the article was is 100 accurate so go ahead and read that it is an interesting take just keep in mind that the information that she was getting uh, was clearly from the people who had been ousted and the people who support the people who were ousted and that is one side of the story and there are there are points to be made for those people there's no doubt about that but I just again that is where the slant of that article is coming from so just keep that in mind as you read it uh the other item i wanted to bring up today is i'm getting a lot of questions about what's going to happen with drop to paper death certificates after january 1st a lot of you know that health departments uh across the state uh, were uh, sent a letter back in june that basically said starting january 1 they will no longer accept drop to paper death certificates that your county office is no longer going to accept drop to paper. You must do everything electronically. Uh, that came out in June. There's been nothing in on paper since that since then. However, when we met, my, both myself and President Greg Byrd met with the state registrar and the other uh, uh, powers that be at the Division of of Vital Records and, and other health department people and Division of Professional Registration, and we had a great big long meeting. They kind of backed off of that at the meeting because we asked them again, well, that's fine because electronics great when the doctor does it. And we asked once again, what's going to happen if the doctor doesn't do it? And the response we got was, well, the State Board of Healing Arts we think now is going to start disciplining the doctors if they don't do it. I go, well, that's fine if if they actually will discipline doctors if they will uh do something against a doctor who doesn't do the electronic death certificate well that's great but in the meantime what happens okay a disciplinary process takes a long time and what if the doctor still refuses to do it well they said well and we didn't get a definitive answer but the impl- what they kind of suggested was what we think will happen have to happen is the doctor refuses to do it call vital records up and they'll try to call the doctor and if they can't get the doctor to do it then it sounds like they'll give you authorization to drop the paper but they weren't definitive about it and they haven't sent any more clarifications on that since this June 4th letter. So if you ask me what is vital records going to do on January 2nd, the answer is I don't know for sure. And to be honest with you, I'm not a hundred percent positive. They know for sure after meeting and talking with them. So what we're just going to have to do is see what it is. They actually do. Now there's some people who said, well, can we complain, to the legislature? Can we complain to the governor's office? Can we even, you know, can a funeral home that is upset about this file a lawsuit? We don't know because they haven't done it yet. You can't really take action or complain about something until they've done what it is that you wanna complain about. So we're gonna have to wait to see uh, sometime probably in the middle of January, maybe close to the end of January to see how they're doing it. So what happens if you at your funeral home Get a situation where you have a doctor who will not sign a death certificate. First off, I want you to document the situation, please. Take notes, write it down. On this date, January 10th, 2022, talk to the doctor. The doctor said, I will not do electronic death certificates. Make a note of that, document it. Then if that happens to you, if you've got a doctor or a hospital or somebody who refuses to use an electronic system, call vital records, write down who it is you talk to, write down the date, ask for Dylan if he's available. Okay. Because Dylan is the, uh, the person who ultimately I think is going to have to deal with this. So ask for Dylan, write down who it is. If you don't get Dylan write down who it is you do talk to and the date and the fact that you told them that this doctor was not on the electronic death certificate system. Okay. Then let's see what happens. If they call the doctor up and they get the doctor to do it electronic in a timely fashion, well, that's wonderful. If they don't, document that as well. That's what we're going to need. If we need to go over to the Capitol and complain about this situation, if we need to go higher up than the registrar's office and go to the Department Director of Health and Senior Services, if we need to go even up to higher to the governor's office, we need facts. We need specific examples. Mrs. Smith died on this date. Doctor refused to do electronic death certificate on this date. I called on this date. Three weeks have passed and I still don't have a death certificate. Things like that. That is the kind of information we need. Then once we have that, then we can compile that. And this is very similar to things we've done in the past that has been very successful, by the way. We want to thank everyone who does do this. Uh, So compile that information. Keep your notes send them to me. Once we get a good handle as to what's going on and whether it's working or what problems is, then we can make the determination as to what it, our next step will be. So that's uh, it. Is. again, I'm not sure how it's going to work after January 1. I want you to tell me how it's going to work after January 1. Uh, other. Item is we had our annual meeting here at the office with the FDLIC insurance folks, as you probably know, I hope you know, FDLIC is the endorsed pre-need insurance company the Missouri Funeral Directors and Bombers Association. Uh, as we always tell people there is no one perfect investment option for pre-need that covers everybody. There just isn't. You're allowed to invest in a trust. You're allowed to invest in a joint account. Or payable on death account which really isn't a joint account but they kind of are treated in the statutes the same way or you can purchase an insurance policy those are those are the three ways you can invest pre-need money and no one way is right for every situation and if you have somebody particularly who wants to pay in monthly installments over a relatively long period of time, and they're concerned about passing away tomorrow, getting hit by a bus, getting COVID, something like that. If they're concerned about those things, uh, then insurance very likely is a, a good option for them. And FDLIC is our endorsed carrier. But what you may not know is that if you are a Missouri funeral trust participant, you also have the option, you have two options on how to invest the money. This is shameless plug time, by the way, I I was going to have a sign here that said shameless plug for Missouri Funeral Trust. Uh, But I forgot to print the sign off. But anyway, it's shameless plug time. If you are a Missouri Funeral Trust participant, um, you have two ways to invest the money. The main way and the way that most people invest it is in our growth and income fund, which I hope you all know has been doing very, very well for the last several years, thanks to our investment advisors and our trustee. But for those of you that have a situation where maybe you have a very short-term prenie contract, Somebody is very elderly uh, and they're just the family's doing a spend down because they're going to go into a hospice and they need to get on public assistance. They don't think they're going to live more than a year or something like that. And you want to avoid any risk or any market volatility whatsoever. We do have an annuity option in the upper right hand corner. You just write annuity. Uh, The bank will, will check to make sure that's what you wanted to do. And those annuities are FDLIC annuities. So we it's it's a trust product still but the all of the all of the funds in that trust is invested in FDLIC annuities and next year those are going to be paying a 2.25% interest compounded. Uh, so that is a, that's an that's a very uh, useful option for some folks and it's a great alternative to a certificate of deposit, a joint account CD that you go across the street to the bank to do. A lot of people that doing the short term, you know, I only think grandpa is going to live for six more months, but we need to set some money aside for this. A lot of people traditionally just go across the street and open up a joint account at uh, their local bank. Lo and behold, grandpa lives two or three years and you've been earning what? 0.234% interest, something like that, whatever the certificate deposit rate has been for the past several years. Well, if you, if you, instead of doing that, you put the money into the trust, into the annuity option, you'll be getting a 2.25% compounded interest uh, through the FDLIC annuities. Now, I know what the resistance to some of you are, some not you, but some of your families are, and this is going to tie everything up with Christmas behind me here. I've talked with people and I know you've talked with people who they insist on having a certificate deposit joint account to pay for their pre-need at their local bank. And the reason they wanted to do it that way is because they don't want their money leaving their hometown. They want their money to stay in their hometown at their local hometown bank. They do not want their money leaving the city limits. If you get somebody like that, have them watch the movie It's a Wonderful Life particularly the part where there's the run on the bank and the run on the Bailey savings and loan. Uh, and hopefully they'll get the the message that that's not how banks work. If you go across the street and purchase a certificate of deposit for a thousand dollars, the bank does not take that thousand dollars and put that entire thousand dollars in a vault and keep it there. That's not how it works. Uh, so if you have people that are reluctant to do anything but a certificate of deposit because they think the money never leaves town and is always there in the vault, 100% of their money is in the vault at all times, uh, have them rent. It's a wonderful life, and, and maybe they'll get the idea. But anyway, that's something for you to think of for you folks that do certificates of deposit out there and joint accounts is consider looking into the Missouri uh, Funeral trusts and uh, their annuity option. Again, the uh, for the bulk of your contracts, for the life of your contracts, we always... Want you to look carefully at the growth and income fund because I think uh, a lot of people will say that that is a, over the long over your life of your contracts that's your uh, best investment opportunity. But if you've got particularly these short term situations or where you don't want to worry about any sort of market volatility where it might be going up this month and not as up as high the next month or something like that because you don't think the person's going to be uh, around that long. Well there's something for you to look at. The other nice thing when you do that, if you do the certificate of deposit and a joint account for your funeral home, you're gonna be both the provider and the seller on those joint accounts. And if you do that, that means on your annual report, you have to report those contracts to the State Board of embombers and Funeral Directors on your annual seller's report. If you use the Missouri Funeral Trust, Whether you use the growth and income fund or whether you use the annuity fund, if you use the Missouri Funeral Trust, the Missouri Funeral Trust is the seller on those accounts. Therefore, you do not have to put them down. Matter of fact, you're not supposed to put them down on your annual report because you're not the seller. Missouri Funeral Trust is the seller. And so that uh, for many funeral homes, that greatly reduces the burden of that uh, annual seller's report. So end of shameless plug for the Missouri Funeral Trust. Okay, uh, and that really wraps it up for today. Uh, if you have any questions about anything that I've talked about today, please feel free to call me up. Check out that Associated Press article. Uh, again, it's coming, at the, it's coming from this dispute from one side, pretty much, and one side only. Uh, keep in mind that there's another side to that issue just as well. Uh, But uh, I got quoted accurately, so that's great. So that's a a Merry Christmas present to me, and uh, maybe if you enjoy the article, to all of you as well. So, uh, again, we will try to do a broadcast on next Wednesday, particularly if there's any breaking news throughout the week. If not, uh, we'll uh, find a topic of interest, that hopefully people would like to uh, maybe save that video and uh, watch it. uh, on uh, Christmas uh, afternoon as you're, uh, after you're done opening gifts? Probably not. No, I didn't think so. But anyway, uh, uh, have a wonderful rest of your week. If you don't see me Wednesday or for any reason that we have to uh, do something different, uh, have a very Merry Christmas, a very Happy New Year's, and as always, not just this holiday season, stay safe.